Thomas, what, what do, do you think? think? I'm a big dome guy, and I like turf. I'm a big dome guy too. Uh, you know, I just feel. I mean, I. I, I <laughs> again, dude. All right. I think I. I will continue saying this for Welcome in to episode number two of season two of the Pinewood Perspective. Once again, we got my boy Tom T. Gorski in studio and B-Money White as well. Also, the two hosts of the Money Train, which is coming back this week. Check that out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Pinewood Sports Network, the Money Train for all your fantasy football needs. These two are going to ride you guys to a championship this year. Um just hopefully they're not beating me in the championship because I'm in like all of Brett's leagues. So, guys, week one's here. How are we feeling? We feeling good? I mean, it's like Christmas time. Me, me and Thomas, we're, we're keeping it quiet about this uh, week one matchup. We haven't talked about it too much, but oh. eyes are on it for sure. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got a fantasy week one matchup between you No, two? we're talking about Green Bay, Minnesota. Green Bay, oh, Minnesota. shit. <laughs> Oh, that's even more juicy. Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm, be, I'm I'm very happy that, uh, you know, I'm not really involved here. We got we do have a Green Bay and a Minnesota matchup this week. Uh, and that's going to be interesting to play out. My Bears got the Niners. <clears throat> and uh, in my suicide pool, we already got two people picking the Niners. And I love it because I just hope it backfires on them so bad. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, let's kick things off in the Steel City. Maserati Mitch. Uh, my boy is QB1. That's not what people are really talking about, though. It's really about when do we see Kenny Pickett. Brett, when are we going to see the rookie? You know, before I give you that answer, who the hell gave him the nickname Maserati Mitch? That's what I want to know. Oh, dude, it was – it was. Uh, you don't remember Bear fans calling him Maserati Mitch? And now he's dead to them. That was oh whoa whoa he's not dead to us. That was yeah I don't I don't know where that name came from but anyway it was Thursday night football Bears Cowboys 2019 he threw for like three tutties I mean it was his best career game ever better yeah. than the Tampa Bay game he yeah like I'm, dude the Tampa Bay game was just so scripted it was so money like. He, I feel like any quarter, like every fucking touchdown that he threw in that game was wide open. That's, that's mop bucket Mitch, boy. Mop bucket Mitch. Hey, hey, hey. We don't disrespect him. And it was, I just remember Fox posting Maserati Mitch goes crazy on the boys. And, uh, he, you know, he also had the money Mitch. You know, he had his, he had his nickname era. But back to, back to the point here. When do you think we see Kenny Pickett, Brett? So, you know, I don't have the exact answer for you, but we're going to see Kenny Pickett when Mitch Trubisky loses the job, you know. Um, as soon as he plays bad, Kenny Pickett's going to come in. Um, and the only way I see that disappearing out of the equation is if Mitch Trubisky earns the respect of the fans and gets this team to a point to where if he has a bad game, you know, they're already in a, in a good spot to where they can reach the playoffs with, you know, the winning that he's already done for them. 
So with without that coming into play, without Mitch Trubisky getting this track on the team to the playoffs, I see Kenny Pickett coming in as soon as um, as soon as Mitch Trubisky fumbles fumbles the bag, and um, I think it would it could be sooner than later, but it also would be really ideal for um, them to do it after their bye week, which is week nine, just to have an extra week. But um, yeah, it's up, it's up in the air to pin it down on a specific spot. But we're gonna see Pickett come in when Mitch Trubisky loses the job. Like so you think it's gonna be that quick of a slip up? Like as soon as he slips up, you think you know? Like I mean, I'm not saying that's like, the thing. If we're talking about when I think he's gonna slip up, I mean, I would think it would probably be more mid-season. Um, if if I had to pick a spot, but you know, there's a possibility that he slips up early. There's a possibility he doesn't slip up at all. You know. So, but um, I know me and Thomas talked about this a little earlier. Um, you know, seeing Pickett is inevitable. You know, it's just, is it going to be early this season, mid this season? Just whenever, whenever Mitch Trubisky loses the job. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, I personally, I'm going to disagree with you, Brad. I just feel like Mike Tomlin is going to, he's going to hold here. I, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he has diamond hands because I don't know if he's got a diamond <laughs> I don't think he's got a diamond in his hands in Mitch Trubisky, but maybe just stone hands. I think he's holding here with what he's got. I think that Pickett's going to be riding the bench all year until we probably see him maybe week, you know, 17, week 18, just kind of seasons under wraps. I mean, I feel like you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule. They have a great roster, but they're playing great teams this year. And I mean, they're two of their division rivals are, I think, studs. The Bengals obviously just lost the Super Bowl last year, and the Ravens are, I I believe, the division champions of the AFC North. Um, and then eventually, you're going to have to play the Browns with Deshaun Watson coming back later in the year. Um, you also have to face off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots. And hey, everyone's good on paper right now. Everyone's good. Every, on paper. Everyone is good on paper right now, but I mean, those are a lot of tough teams. Maybe the Patriots <laughs> are too much. Um, but I mean, I feel like Pickett's getting eaten alive wherever you bring him in in the season. You got to match up against the Falcons and the Panthers later in the year, where the you know that could be beneficial to bring him in later in the season. Um, if Mitch is playing bad, get maybe do how like the uh like the Broncos did with like Drew Locke, didn't they bring him in like week 12 or like week 13 of his rookie year? Um, obviously that situation didn't play out, but bring him in later in the season. I just don't see it really playing out that way. I see Tomlin holding all year with Mitch Trubisky. You see with, with a lot of these plans, a lot of coaches don't hold. When a, when a, when a coach, when a player slips up, they go with the rook. You, you really rarely see it holding anymore. Everyone thought Andy Dalton was going to play all year long in Chicago. Everyone outside of Chicago knew Justin Fields is coming in the moment Andy Dalton slips up or gets hurt and he's not giving the job back just because there's going to be an uproar. I don't think there's necessarily going to be that uproar in Pittsburgh because I think Mitch Trubisky is good enough to keep the job, can game manage well. I think he's an upgrade over Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that, you know, Steelers and Mike Tomlin, stone hands. They're not moving picket until maybe end of the season when it really doesn't matter anymore. Thomas, what do you think? You know, um, I really think it's just a matter of when, not if. 
I mean, Mitch clearly didn't work in Chicago for a reason, and they moved off of him. You know, Pickett is 24 years old. He was a first-round pick, so he's got the draft investment on his side. Um, and uh, I feel like the only reason, like, it's almost like how do you not start Pickett when he clearly outperformed Mitch all preseason long? I mean, Pickett looks flawless. He looks, he looked, he truly gave me a lot of Mac Jones vibes from last year's preseason of how Mac just looked the part. You know, he wasn't lighting it up, but he just when you see someone with that confidence being able to lead an offense, um, it gives you that warm like feeling. I I feel like as like an organization where it's like, okay, I feel like I can hand the guy the keys to this. And it's like the Steelers have a great defense, they have a great run game, they have great weapons to throw to. I mean, the offensive line is shaky. But I mean, you're telling me if it, if they start off zero and three, and you and you play the Jets week four at home, like you're not you're the fan base is not going to erupt and want pick it out there. Week one they play in Cincinnati, they're probably going to lose. Week two they play New England, they should win that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost that game. Then you play Cleveland in prime time. Brissett still is not terrible. You could win with him with that run game and that defense in Cleveland. So they could start off zero and three. And pick it could be thrown in there. I just I would be so shocked if he was redshirted. No, like, and you're really gonna have me have his first career start be at 25 years old, where it's like, why did you draft him in the first place, knowing that the 2023 draft class was just is gonna is projected to be like historic, one of the best. So it's like if you were gonna not play Pickett, why not just roll Mitch and Mason Rudolph as your one and two quarterback, draft an offensive lineman in the first round. And then wait to draft your heir apparent to Roethlisberger in 23. So I, I just feel like the fact that they had a first round investment on Pickett, you have to play him. And Mitch is a first round bust for a reason. Okay. He, the Steelers were his only offer on the table for a starting job around the league. So there's a reason he, there's no there. And it's only really like a one-year deal for Mitch. So there's really no loyalty to him. So I really just feel like it's just, it really is just a matter of when, not if, if Pickett's going to start. He's a first-round pick for a reason, and he's 24 years old. It's, the time is now. I mean, I don't think his age really plays too much into factor here. He's 24, yeah, but, I mean, quarterbacks can play now in today's medicine until, I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's almost 45. Oh, I don't think that, every quarterback. You absolutely that's it, that's can, that's but it's like when you have next year's draft class, there's so many 22, 23-year-olds that, project to be better than Kenny Pickett. So it's like, why would you invest that first round pick in him in the first place? If you have no intention of starting him, knowing that he lived up the par and performed as good as he possibly could be in all of preseason. I just, I don't, I mean, I feel like there's a reason that they're there. If, the, if it came, it was down to that point and you're talking about draft investment, then why aren't they just starting him now? Like, why are they starting? Well, I mean, well, look, I, I, think mean, they the way could. I, see it, I just see it as like, like, I think it could happen quick because, I mean, pick. I just think he's a better player than Mitch, you know? like I, I think, think he's I a think better thrower of the football. You sure. know, you've seen that. Like, we've we've seen what some people believe is enough to say this guy's better than Mitch, you know? And I'm sure there's, there's um, teammates that think that. The fans are going to think that too, especially if he's slipping up. So, it's, it's not necessarily like – oh, Mitch is bad, so we need someone else. It's like Pickett deserves a spot, but he can't, he can't get it without, without, you know, because it's Mitch's team right now. 
It's yeah. not. It's not gonna be hit. It's not gonna. He's not gonna have to give it up until he messes up. Oh, yeah, I mean, when, you got a, when you got a rookie that's performing, it's gonna be a lot. Your 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 leash is gonna be a lot shorter. And I just think that's where they're at. Um, you know, I think it's all dependent upon the players. You know, the situation of when when this quarterback's gonna start. You know, I don't think it matters about Tomlin. You know, like as much as some people may think, I think, I think it's just Pickett's just going to be playing that well. And he has the poise and the love from the teammates. He's going to be, he's going to just make that leash a lot shorter and bring, bring, uh, you know, put some pressure on Mitch, I think. Yeah. This screams Andy Dalton, Justin Fields to me, where it's just, you know, Andy Dalton is, he's not it, you know, he's really just there because he's a veteran. You know, where you everyone knows it was Justin Fields' team. Like, this is Kenny Pickett's team going forward. Dalton was only going to be there for one year. Mitch is only going to be there for one year. I don't, like, I mean, some of you might interpret it as, like, you know, an Alex Smith who still, he was still very good at the time, but he was in the franchise. Or <laughs> it was Mahomes in the waiting. Like, no, I, I don't get that sense. Like, I don't think, like, Pickett, like, like, it's not, there's nothing special here, but it is very, like, Mitch is not that much better than, Pickett. I would say if you compare the two guys, the only thing Mitch has got on Pickett is athleticism. That's it. I th- I, th- I think Kenny Pickett could read a defense better. We saw it at Pittsburgh. He he was that was one of his strengths coming out, and he's just a natural thrower of the football. Mitch has already has a hard time throwing to his left as it is. Like that was always one of his biggest struggles in Chicago, where he couldn't really expand the field. There was a lot of bootlegs where he could really just only really throw on the run where he was a little limited where I feel like picking you can kind of open up that playbook a little bit but you are losing that athleticism a tad compared to Mitch so it'll be interesting to see how Tom would handle handles it I'll just be shocked if they just straight up just redshirt him the entire season don't even give him a chance to earn the job I mean I feel like it's 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 gonna be tough you're gonna bench your captain he's gonna be wearing the C on his chest come week one it's like I don't know. I look at it like that. Like, I guess it really doesn't play into it that much. But, I mean, the teammates just gave him – the entire team just gave him a C. And if they really thought, like, there's a chance that they felt that Pickett is going to be playing real soon, I feel like maybe the team wouldn't have gave him a C. And I just I, – I, I don't see him – I just don't see him seeing, I, seeing the field this year. I think we will see him, but I don't think he will be until week 17. Well, hey, I will say – they gave him that C before any losses, interceptions, or fumbles. So, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and, I, and I feel like everyone, everyone's pretty much on the same page, I would say, here is that Pittsburgh's pretty much looking at a last-place finish compared to those teams in that division. And when you're a last-place team, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. you you got nothing to lose. Where when the pressure gets on, like, you might just try something new. So it's like if Steelers come week, week nine, they're by, and it's week ten. You know, when you're in fourth place and you are like a game or two, like two games behind, you know, you're going to throw Pickett out there just to try something new. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, if they're in that situation, I can see it. I just don't know with the competition that they're facing off this year. Like Brett said, everyone looks good on paper. If they're really going to be in a fighting mix for the division or... Which is why you throw Pickett in, right? If, if you're a last place team, like... You, you, what do you got to – then you are going to throw the rookie in there just to simply see what he's got because it's like at this point, it's like you're not going to win any games as it is. So see what the rookie's got. Maybe at, at earliest, I think maybe week 12, maybe week 
13, 14, last few games of the season, when it comes down to it, I don't know. I just feel like the whole point of Mitch starting is because they feel more confident with him and they kind of just want the rookie to learn. They feel like the rookie's not ready yet. So he's going to be, they, if things go good, he's going to be ready next season. That's the whole point of this. And, you know, I, I guess I just see maybe Mitch Trubisky playing out a little bit better than you guys do with Mike Tomlin and in Pittsburgh. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm not going to be stunned if I see Kenny Pickett week five. Like, I'm not going to be like, Hold oh, me. yeah. I, I think Mitch will be good, be but it's, it's not that it's like like my thing on it. It's, it's not that um, it's Mitch will be so bad. I just think Pickett's just going to be that good, you know? Yeah. All right. Bears. It will be us. But yeah, let's move on, man. Bears are going to Arlington. They just dropped the plans today. It's kind of a big thing, uh, kind of a big deal going on right now in the league. I didn't think it was going to get this much hype and this much attention, but everyone else is talking about it, so I figured I should be talking about it. We should be talking about it. We're an NFL podcast. Let's talk about some NFL news. But, yes, at the same time, I guess it is kind of a big deal. The Bears have been playing at Soldier Field since the 60s. Before that, they were playing at Wrigley Field. They've been in the city of Chicago for – a uh, hundred years now. I think they moved from Decatur in 1921. So 101 years now they've been playing in the city of Chicago. It's, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal. They're going to Arlington Heights. They purchased the property. They came out with this whole big plan, but it's enclosed stadium. How do we feel about that? That's pretty much the, the biggest back and forth you're going to get from Chicago fans. You've got, People who don't want the dome and people who want the dome. Brett, you've got the non-dome aspect. Your team plays in Lambeau. Thomas, you've got the dome aspect. Brett, we'll start with you, the non-dome aspect. How do you feel about Chicago and what do you think they should be doing with their you think they should do you think it should be enclosed like they plan on doing? I mean, I feel like um as a Chicago fan, I would want I would want the grass, you know. I would want the grass. I feel like because as a Packer fan, with the stadium, you know, it, it it's almost as you have an advantage. You know, you have a you have a you have a grass field, you have a turf field, and I, I guess if I'm thinking about it, probably all the teams have that. So I don't know. I, I it's really probably not too much of a factor if we're being honest here. But the fact that the Bears are just getting a new stadium, um, I feel like that's got to be – can't do anything but be positive for them. And as you know, not a big fan of the Bears. <laughs> Hate their franchise. I think it's pretty bottom tier with the city that they have to operate in. So I'll just leave it at that. I don't, I don't care what the Bears do. I don't care if they have grass. I don't care if they have turf. I mean, if I if I had, I will say, if my team was in, you know, the situation that they have been in, and we played on a grass field for those years, I'd probably want to switch fields. Just, just you know, it might just be one of the things. So, other than that, who knows? I mean, Thomas, what, what do, do you think? think? I'm a big dome guy, and I like turf. I'm a big dome guy too. Uh, you know, I just feel. I mean, I I, I, <laughs> again, dude. All right, I think I I will continue saying this, for you, dude. Soldier Field is an absolute dump, and 
it, it's historic. I'll give you that. But I mean, the grass there has caused so many injuries. For all we know, that grass alone could have ended Saquon Barkley's career. Like at this point, you know, that's where, where it happened in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. on that field. There's been a lot of injuries on that field. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's ran its course. And the Chicago Bears are going into a whole new era with the Bulls, Eberflus, Justin Fields regime, where you need something new to get away from the past, get away from the Cody Parkey miss, you know, the, 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 the continuous <laughs> Rogers heartbreaks that, that he's caused them at that field. Like, you just need something new to get out of that funk. And I feel like going to Arlington Heights, getting away from Chicago, it's not downtown. It won't be downtown anymore. And... Uh, you got to go to the dome. You've seen that the Vikings got a dome, the Chargers got a dome, the Rams got a it's dome, the, the Raiders game. got a dome. Like it's just like that's just the trend where everything's going. Where I I personally do not like football being playing outdoors. I like the dome. I like because I feel like then in a way it does kind of form like an equal uh, matchup. You know, you could say, oh, you have this home field advantage. I don't know if I've ever really believed that. Yeah, well, you know, and the Packers haven't had a home field advantage for the playoffs. Last few years, we saw what happened with the Niners last year. There was no. no I mean, we had home field advantage. Home field advantage. Oh no, a- no, you did, but I mean, like the, the 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 effects of the home field advantage is what I mean. Where it's like, oh, because you know, you got the home field, the crowds there, the field is, is like, no, nah, it didn't really. I disagree. Play. No, that that stuff played a part. It just wasn't enough. You know, the rest of it was just that bad. Like it was yeah, still there. It's just the you need something new, and I just feel like the Bears have ran their time. At Soldier Field, it's it's historic, but you know it's just not top tier anymore. It's one of the it's probably one of the most it's a bottom five stadium in the league, unfortunately, and it's oh, not their fault. Probably, yeah, it, it may be down there. It's just you need something new, and when you have a new era like what's going on in Chicago, you need something to ignite the fan base. I, I mean, obviously the Bears get excited over the tiniest little thing that ever happens, but like this is something significant that actually is something worth getting excited over. And I think it can bring a whole new feel to the fan base and to the Bears team as a whole. And, uh, you know, I feel like you you got to pull the trigger. No, yeah, trigger. Trigger's being pulled. I think it's just yeah. more or less of you. The biggest thing I've experienced as, uh, you know, being a Bears fan in the city of Chicago is people are bitching about them Putting a putting a dome on the stadium, and I'm like, how could you be pissed off about that? Considering this bare weather, 20 degrees in December has done. No one wants to play football in 20 degree weather. Has done jack shit for you. Have a quarterback who is a very yeah. elusive, a very fast quarterback who lit up Clemson in domes. I mean, he has performed well in domes. He's fast. He He's quick. Like, why would you not want him? Why would you want his bones shriveling up and playing, you know, hard neck football? I mean, I just don't get why people are like, oh, they have to stick to this bare weather. What the what has that done for Chicago since 85 when we had like a good defense? Like the cold has never like been in our yeah, I guess it's in our advantage, but what has that advantage gotten us? Nothing. Yeah, I mean the Bears haven't won a playoff game in what, 12 years? Yeah, not since 2010. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just the cold weather really has not made a difference for us. Like, And we've seen it time and time again in the NFL. Like, the Dome's just kind of been working out. And that's that's what the teams want. They want the big, new, shiny stadium. 
And here in Chicago, you have the third largest sports market in the entire United States. And you have the smallest stadium when it comes to capacity. And you have the only NFL team that does not own their stadium. The Chicago Park District owns Soldier Field. They want their stadium. They, I mean, the, the story broke in 2012 when the, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, invited all the owners to come view, view his stadium. Virginia McCaskey, Ted Phillips, and George McCaskey were all there. Virginia McCaskey looks at Ted and goes, why the fuck haven't you built me something like this yet? Like, this is something that they've been working towards for years. And there's a reason Ted Phillips is retiring next year, because the only thing that he was there for was to get the Bears out of Chicago and into Arlington. And I think it's a very smart thing for the franchise to do. They're finally acting like an NFL franchise and, you know, making it seem more real. Like, hey, we should start making advancements to our franchise and bettering our franchise. And that's what feels good. So I think it's smart for the Bears. I think they should slap a dome on it. I think that they should pretty up the stadium as much as they can, build the fanciest fucking stadium in the NFL. So when you produce shitty football, hopefully not, um, you know, it doesn't look as bad because you're in a shiny new stadium. <laughs> All right. Pete Carroll to the doubters. They don't know. They're just guessing. Pretty much saying – Anyone doubting the Seahawks, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just guessing on how we're going to do this year. Is he right when he says that? Thomas? No, I mean, I think everyone's pretty much right. I mean, the Seahawks have – their roster construction has been horrific. John Schneider and Pete Carroll, they have not built a good roster. They nailed one draft in 2012 – like, the, was it 2012, 2011 when they landed, like, like Sherman, Doug Baldwin as like an, as a UDFA, uh, like there was that kind of built the Legion of Boom, but it's like over the years, they've pretty much haven't nailed any of their first round picks. Um, Russell Wilson carried that franchise on his back probably the last seven years or so. I personally don't think Pete Carroll is that great of a coach. I think he's, I think he got very lucky finding Russell Wilson in the third round, considering that they paid Matt Flynn a lot of money to be the quarterback in the first place. Um, and Wilson was just really a hidden gem. This is there's there's just nothing there outside of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jamal Adams. That's that's truly unfortunately it. Their offensive line's a mess. Their defense is bottom in the league, even with Jamal Adams on it. And I just think it's time for Pete Carroll to. This will probably be his last year. This will probably be – I would not be surprised if he retired at the end of the year. It's just they're not going to be good. They're, they're not a good football team, and they're not constructed accordingly. It's just it's, – it's such a mess, unfortunately. And there's really it's, – it's really tough to see because I do like Pete Carroll. I really do. But I just feel like a lot has been hidden from Russell Wilson's success over the last few years where if Wilson's not on that team – they're 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 the Cleveland Browns of what the Browns have been in the last 20 years. Just from a roster construction standpoint, that there's just not a lot of actual talent there. And I know they're starting from scratch now with Wilson gone, but it's just it's it's very unfortunate. But I, I do think the doubters are right. Uh Pete Carroll's wrong here. Uh he he really is. He I don't think he comprehends how bad th their team is really constructed and that they're gonna be in for a rude awakening without Russell Wilson there to perform so well that it hides all the team's flaws. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just very unfortunate. Right. What did, what did he say? What did Pete Carroll say? 
he said they don't know what they're talking about. You know, they're just guessing. Like the calling the team back. Yeah, he's pretty much calling anyone who's doubting the Seahawks. Clues. All right, well, I'll give him this. He's right. He's right. Yeah, it's true. He's right. They don't know what we're talking about. They're guessing. Because we don't know. It hasn't happened yet. But thing for all 30- these are some pretty damn educated guesses. <laughs> yeah. Like, Let's be honest. You finished last in the division last year. You lost your best player. And you didn't do anything to turn heads other than, you know, for people writing headlines. And all they could write is Drew Locke or Geno Smith. You know, that's not something you want to be seeing for your team. Nope. So, <laughs> yeah, he's right. You know, Pete Carroll, he's right. But it's the NFL. Anytime um, bad teams are being questioned about their philosophies or where they are currently at, it's the same answer for everybody. It's that we got this, we're going to win. You know, we know what we have. You guys don't. And that's the way everything should be. You know, these are 32 NFL teams, the best in the world, um, you know, constructed of the best players, coaches and everything in the world to build these teams. They should have those mindsets being in that spot. But like I said, they're guesses, but they are damn educated guesses. Yeah, we're not we're not dummies, Pete. Like Seattle, dumb. We don't. There's very. I feel like there's a very very rare occurrences in the NFL where it's like everyone looks at a team and they're like, "Holy shit, that team's going to be one of the worst teams in the league." And I think it's very rare if that team is a playoff team, if that team's a Super Bowl team. Like I feel Bengals like that was the Miami Dolphins like a couple years ago, like. Or that you just made me think, like, everyone thought they were going to be so terrible, like, when the Ravens blew them out so bad to week one when Lamar won. But then, you know, they, they were pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. decent team, you know? No, exactly. Like, it's just, like, usually we're right. Like, there's very few occurrences. You know, there's going to be your give and takes. Like, yeah, I was wrong. The Bills didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Bills didn't win the Super Bowl the year before. But they're they're a Super Bowl contender. They're right around there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? wrong when i said oh the texans were the worst team in the in football all of last year yeah i i was wrong but they were the third worst team in all of football like we're usually right we're close you know educated educated guesses so i think pete carroll is technically right when saying they don't know they're just guessing yeah but like brett said they're very educated guesses we know what you're talking about your team's not going to be good this year I don't think you're going to be – you win six games. I think it's a miracle if Seattle walks out there and wins six games. Oh, 100%. In their division? Yeah, in their division, it's an absolute miracle. Geno Smith is a 2013 first-round pick – or second-round pick bust. That has not worked out. Uh, Drew Locke, I don't even know what the fuck to think about that dude. That dude just had, like, one of the weirdest careers I've ever seen. And Thomas, they have two good players. (laughs) And DK Metcalf, you cannot call Jamal Adams good anymore until he proves something to me. Because, I mean, the last few years, the fact that Seattle paid two first-round picks for him, I think, is by far, in my eyes, the biggest fleece. Like, that, there has there's no bigger fleece over the last, like, decade for trades. Two first-round picks for Jamal Adams' play? Oh, that's disgusting. Seattle absolutely robbed there. So, yeah. What about I'm, the DeAndre Hopkins trade? No, that's still worse. Two first-round picks for Jamal Adams is worse, I think, in my eyes. Like, that's, that's gross. The second, David Johnson is awful, completely awful. But, I mean. Well, it was basically Brandon Cooks and David Johnson, which, yeah, it's 
Because they, they traded that second round pick yeah. for Cooks, I think. Yeah, which I yeah exactly. I mean, I don't, it's not good, not good at all. But I think it's still better than two first round picks for Jamal. Yeah, because I mean, they also would have had to pay Hop. Yeah, contract exactly. too. Exactly. All right, Mike Zimmer, new article just dropped. Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com just dropped this article about Mike Zimmer. It's been swirling around up in Minnesota, creating a tornado of havoc up there. You know, you have former DB saying it was such a toxic environment. Players dreaded showing up to work for him. Uh, one coach says that he even predicts immediate success this year just because of how bad Zimmer was last year. Because Satan's out of the building was like the exact quote or something like that. Pretty, pretty brutal stuff for good old Mike Zim to have to deal with right now. But the one thing that sticks out to me is that one former coach says he predicts immediate success in Minnesota. What qualifies as immediate success? So, like, how many games are the Vikings winning this year? What's their immediate success? What's success for the Minnesota Vikings with a new head coach, a new general manager, and somewhat of a new kind of roster, per se, even though it's a lot of the same guys? Thomas, you're the Vikings fan. We'll let you kick this off. Well, I don't think people comprehend enough you know, just how toxic of an environment it was with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman last year. Uh, Spielman and Zimmer didn't even talk the entire season long. They didn't even have one conversation. Um, Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer, you know, Zimmer, it was very well known that Zimmer despised Cousins, wanted nothing to do with him, and made it very well known that he did not want him there. So it almost, like, how do you expect Cousins to perform great when he has this devil like looking over his shoulders, this guy who literally is like wishing for your downfall almost in a way. It was just so bad. But I mean, I'm looking at some of these comments, man. And where one of his former coordinators says the devil has gone Satan's out of, out of the building where it just shows like how Zimmer was so unwelcomed by within the players in your organization that, you know, players are happy now with Quazy and Kevin O'Connell. Players actually enjoy coming to work. It was reported that last year, like, players, I feel like this is Adam Thielen in a way. They, they wouldn't say names, but there were plenty of players last year who were just dreading going to practice, going into the building, going in the Monday film room or Tuesday film room because Mike Zimmer would rip that one where O'Connell and Quazy are very open arms, you know, open up to us. What do you think we can do to improve on? So I do think immediate success is possible. But I feel like it's got to be like a, like a division title, ten wins. If you won eight, if you won eight, if you won eight games last season, and that was with all of that BS going on and all that just toxic environment going around, I do feel like a 10-11 win season is feasible with how much talent they have. And Quizzy Dovomenza added a lot of talent to this team. He kicked a lot of old guys out, brought in a lot of new talent. I mean, moving to a three-four defense with O'Connell is going to be a bigger impact than people think. Because Jordan Hicks is a very underrated linebacker. He was with Arizona, and he was with the Eagles before that, having him and Kendricks out there. They brought in Harrison Phillips to stop the run game. Um, you drafted for need, and you, and, you, and you found some guys you could bring in. You got J.J., you got Thielen, you got Osborne. You traded for a first-round pick in Rager, who's got some untapped potential still. Irv Smith will be back. He wasn't around last season. So I do feel like there is a lot of talent on this team where there's really no excuse for them <clears throat> to win eight games or less, where I do feel like 10 games in making the playoffs 
could count for immediate success and step in the right direction. So there's really just no excuse for them not to win nine, 10 games and at least get one of the seven playoff spots with aspirations should be to win a division title. Mike Zimmer is gone and there's a whole new feel in the building. It's very kumbaya right now from what I've seen. Okay, Brett, you know what I love? Hmm. January 2022, whole article drops about Matt Nagy and this toxic work environment and all this bullshit about how he hated Mitch Trubisky, didn't talk to Allen Robinson for years, just a very, very bad article. I go on to say the Bears are so much better off just alone the fact that they don't have Matt Nagy in the building. JB and Thomas ridiculed me for that. And here we are with Mike Zimmer out the building, toxic environment gone. The Vikings are so much better. They're elevated. I need to see it, Thomas. That's my thing with this whole thing. I need to see it. Like I, you, I, I, if I say that and you guys knock me for that, like, oh, you know, Matt Nagy wasn't that much of a problem. You guys can't say the same thing about Zimmer who has shown more success. I feel like, like that's yeah, my, and that's, and that's more so been because of the talent. I would say he's had around him. I just feel like this, even before he was fired, I mean, this goes back having five offensive coordinators in five seasons. No one wanted to work for the guy. There's no one that wanted to work for him. So I just feel like now that this kind of comes out, that kind of explains a lot of things and more so the Cousins thing. Why Cousins has not really felt the love that he probably should have from the organization. Um it's just, I mean, that's <laughs> blame Spielman for a lot. I mean, he clearly couldn't draft anymore. I mean, we saw the Quazy come in and cut three, or he cut like five or six pick uh, draft picks from last year's draft, where he just doesn't give a damn. Uh, I mean, I understand needing to see it, but this isn't the same old Vikings team where they're just all in to win now. You know, they are one of the youngest rosters in the entire league. As crazy as that sounds, knowing they have like Thielen, Harrison Smith, and Cousins, guys who are a little older, but I do feel like they have a plan in place. They know what they want to do over the next few years. They kind of constructed their team to win now, but also build for the future with guys in the waiting, which is, I think, a very smart way to build a football team instead of just building it straight from scratch with with nothing to build off of. So, I mean, I mean, I understand the not. You want to see it, but it's like, I don't feel like they need to win 10 or 11 games or it's a failure, kind of, where, like, there's a process and a plan in place that you have to see. Step one this year is really just getting back to above 500 football. And if you do that, that's one step in the right direction. So what would you consider a a failure for Vikings football this year? I would say if you win seven games, seven games, that's a failure. I would say seven games. If you win only seven and you're below 500, <laughs> I would say that's probably a failure in the first year, knowing you did bring a lot of veteran back, a lot of veteran players back, and you're kind of running this back a little bit. But it's not necessarily a running back where you put all, all, all your, uh, what's the saying? All your money in one basket, like all your, your eggs in a basket. basket. All your eggs in one basket, where it's not like that because a lot of these players they can move off of exactly one year from now. That's how crazy Dopamensa constructed a lot of these contracts outside of Kirk Cousins because they, they, they had to lower his cap hit. They had no choice but to extend him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would say below 500. 
I mean, this team, I would not be shocked if they won 12, 13 games. I'd be like, you know what? This team is talented enough. Zimmer was the sole problem, but I do think that's just unfair. <coughs> that's just a lot to ask for one team because <laughs> 12, 13 wins is very unrealistic for most teams if you don't have a, an elite top-level quarterback. But I do feel like you got to win at least nine to ten games. But it won't be a failure unless you win seven games less because they won eight last year with all that dysfunction and just old ass talent. Like, no, like you got, if you win nine games, 10 games, I feel like that's a successful year. But if you win seven or less, like that's just a failure and they're going to blow it up at that point and let Smith go, Thielen go, Kendricks go. At that point, you're just going to rely on the young talent that you just drafted. Brett, what's, what's, what's a successful season in your eyes for Minnesota? Successful season? A successful season for Minnesota. Mm, I don't know, man. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a touch. That's like a really broad term, but I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I feel like if you make the playoffs, it's a success. And I feel like, I feel like that's what their um, expectation should be. Their fans expectation. Um, they definitely have a playoff team, you know, so if you don't make the playoffs, um, failure so if you know if if you say that that's successful then yeah I don't know I because we make the playoffs all the time and can't really say Green Bay's had too many successful seasons because at the end of the day there's only one successful team depending on how you look at it but um yeah I got I got Minnesota winning nine games um I think think I can see them winning, you know, 10, but if, if they don't win any more than that, uh, that would be hugely disappointing for them. But um, with the loss of Zimmer, one thing that I will say, I know when Thomas was going in depth about him, um, I personally had a lot of respect for Zimmer just because of, um, not because of exactly all I knew about him, but just some of the people that I, that I did pay attention to how much they respected him, you know, Deion Sanders, um, well-respected, um, you know, him and Zimmer back and forth. Uh, Zimmer actually just joined the Jackson state staff there now. And, you know, Deion Sanders always spoke highly of Zimmer and his defense, especially, and Aaron Rodgers as well spoke highly of Zimmer and his defense. So, Although I do see um, the Minnesota Vikings becoming a better franchise because of this move, I also am uh, having an eye out on their defense. And, um, you know, because definitely with JB, I've had talks with him back and forth. And, you know, all Packer and Vikings fans know that, you know, Green Bay is, has dominated the division the last couple of years. But when it's come down to it, whether injuries here, injuries there, Green Bay and Minnesota have split, you know, and I think why they've split all, um, you know, each, why they've split each year over these years, I think it was a lot to do with Mike Zimmer's defense and how um, disciplined he had those guys in the back end with their disguises and stuff. So I, I do think that's one thing I'm very curious about. I'm very curious about Minnesota defense and, of course, yeah, how they perform against Green Bay. But 
Yeah, talking about the wins and success, I think I think nine games you can classify it as successful because I think it'll be enough for them to make the playoffs. And I mean, I guess really with the seventeen game season, anything over five hundred should be good enough to make the playoffs with fourteen playoff with fourteen playoff teams and. Anything yeah. below that is not not really what, what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, I got them at around 9 to 10 wins as well. I think that is probably a successful season for Vikings fans, just <laughs> back to the playoffs and turning over a new leaf. I think just my kind of biggest thing about the situation is, is I actually see a lot of similarities in what has transpired with what Kwesi has done and what Ryan Poles has done, considering they were handed in my eyes two completely different situations. Well, come on, like let's let's not well, act not like this doesn't happen with every single coach. I mean, these reports come out all the time. Like, let's not try to make it seem too much because these are obviously for the fans. You know, these reports are for the fans. Of course, a fan's gonna be feeling a lot better. I mean, what's the thing that happened with Green Bay? Every time a every time a coach leaves. You know, it's always going to end on these bad terms when they're not leaving on their own terms because, you know, you you just mentioned the Nagy thing and it made me think, what happened with McCarthy? McCarthy brought a title to Green Bay. He has a street named after him. And that same article came out about him great. and these massages and, you know, like him getting, um, you know, going and, and like just getting relaxing and not in the freaking getting massages when there's team meetings and stuff and you know stuff like that like just total disregard <laughs> for the team. yeah you know not like robert Kraft stuff but just that were there was a whole big report that came out about it. and i think that shouldn't think too much of it but well, that's, that's i feel like that's just them doing them dirty they weren't they shouldn't be looking at the legacy more or less than i mean they're not looking at the well, legacy. zimmer was there for a long time too i mean mm-hmm. when zimmer and they were all winning games you got oh, like yeah, when, there definitely problem. needs to be two type of like Zimmer eras because the problem is like from 2014 to 2017 Zimmer was awesome everything was great but like once Spielman signed Kirk Cousins without asking Zimmer about it first <coughs> it all just went downhill because Zimmer never got over Teddy Bridgewater's injury every quarterback wasn't good enough because you weren't Teddy Bridgewater like Case Keenum from always an NFC Championship game. It didn't matter. He's not naming him the starter ever. They're like, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, or he'll rip him. Like Zimmer is just one of those guys where it's like he's not a player's coach. If you're if you're old, if you're an old soul like hard nosed guy, yeah, you'll like him. But Zimmer was not meant for today's football. He really wasn't. He's just not. You're seeing that with a lot of older coaches. I mean, the Kevin O'Connell's like young minded. The guys who are like the McVeighs, you know, those are the guys that you know, teams are kind of striving for. And you need guys that you could actually talk to, guys that you could, like, open up to and, like, almost have, like, a friend in you. Like, we've just seen it work over the last few years where you could say maybe it's coming a little softer than what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. But that seems to work, connecting with players. It's worked, but it's also failed. Like, this whole – Everyone's striving to get younger at coach. Like Sean McVay set this new standard. Everybody's striving to get younger, but it's it's also failed in this league as well. Like, I don't think it's going to work out with Matt Rule. He's a young coach. It's not working out. It didn't work out with Matt Nagy. Um, I, I mean, uh, why am I slipping on his name? It hasn't worked I don't out. Know, I, mean, I don't know if those could be comparable because, I mean, O'Connell was McVay's right-hand man, and he's the second youngest coach to be hired in NFL history. 
So I don't feel like they're similar situations. Who was who was Andy Reid's right hand man in Kansas City for three years before he was hired by the Chicago Bears? Oh no, that part I do understand. But Nagy was a little older. He was in his like mid forties. He wasn't no 36, 37 years old. O'Connell was drafted in 08. He, he's, he's, he's a young dude. He was 40. Yeah, no, that's not him. O'Connell's 36. Like he's he's a year old, year or two older than cousins. I mean, we're talking like pennies and knives here. Like, I mean, they're still both they're they're both very young head coaches. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to see them videos and Nagy at practice firing balls, you know, thinking he's a quarterback swag. Tom Brady's older than him. Like, they're still young coaches. Like, it, I don't think it's that much of a difference, or like it's a very comparable situation considering what four years, they're both very young for their age when you look at the average age of an NFL head coach. But that's just like I'm saying. There's it, it just hasn't always worked out. Like I didn't. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be coaching in Arizona in two years. I don't. Like I don't. I don't. I don't think he's going to work out. I don't think it's been that great as you know. Maybe some people are saying it has. I just. I. I've, I've got to see it. You know. I feel like only two have truly worked out. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. I think Kevin Kevin Stefanski's worked out. What what the hell happened last year? Everyone was hurt. His his quarterback had a a fractured shoulder blade, uh, like a torn rotator cuff, a sprained ankle. Like, like last year, I have a hard time believing that. I I don't evaluate too much last year when it comes to Cleveland. Stefanski was great his first year. You know he'll be great going forward when Watson's there. Like it's it's he's he's a young minded guy that's worked out too. I mean I I mean I've got to see it. You know I. I've got to see. I've got to see in year three. I got. I mean, I guess I understand. It's I mean, he's got a playoff win under his belt, so it's like. I mean, I don't know how you say it hasn't worked out. Well, I mean, yeah, he's got eleven games. Went in the Heinz Field, picked up a win, and now he's finally got a quarterback that's better than Baker Mayfield. It's like, how does it not work out? No, I mean, I'm. I'm assuming it's going to. I just got. I've got to see it on the field. Well, what do you have to see well, though? What do them you winning to... football games. What have they been last One year? One bad year, different. and he's, last at, year... he's off the gate. No, I mean, you were. This is your. This is coming from a man who watched Matt Nagy go twelve and four, win the division, knock off the Packers, knock off the Rams, and yeah, and unfortunately, this was the years after that. For years, I'm sorry. It was It was disappointing immediately right after. Don't nail the quarterback. That's what happens. No, I know. Yeah, so I'm. I need to see it on the field. I need to see it working out from the Browns because I have like PTSD from this. The Bears thought they hired their brand new, shiny new head coach, but their quarterback. And we all thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be Super Bowl champion. Like it did not work out. So I need to see proof before I can believe anything. I do think it probably will work out for Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski. But that's it. Like this, this new young head coach regime thing. Like I need proof. I mean, I remember Chris Collins were saying everybody wants the next Matt Nagy. No, they don't. No, they don't. Let's they want get into the next it. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur has worked out. out. Yeah, There's another one. I didn't even – how do we even miss – how do we miss that one? Nick Sirianni's worked out so far, maybe. You know, it's looking nice there. It's, like, it's, it's looking solid. It's looking decent. It's it's okay. I, I mean, I don't think their offense was, you know, next level last year, really anything. Um, You know, Jalen Hurts did look solid. I think he – I think what he did, what a good head coach should do, I'll give him this. Utilizing best. Brandon Staley, that's worked out. Who? 
Brandon Staley with the Chargers. I mean, he's looking like a solid coach. Then you got Last Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Um, it, it, it <laughs> didn't look good last year. I'm still 50-50. Man, there's a lot of these coaches I haven't seen. Like, not that I'm watching for it, but like, let's be honest. Like, players win the coaches can lose the games, but the players win the games. You know, like when when you, when you're at a certain point, like all the coaches are good, then it then it just lands on the players. You know, and, and then it's like then it's like the it's players are really determined on how long a coach is keeping a job. That's just how it really is. Like when the, if these young, if these young coaches are going to good quarterbacks, they're working out more. Like yeah. that's just what it is. You know, it's, it's tough to say who's good, who's not, but you know, after like, you can say, you could say Matt LaFleur's worked out, but he's worked out with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's worked out in his current situation. Like it's, it's just all about finding the perfect, Perfect match. Perfect time, you know. All right. Yeah, I agree. Let's get into it. Give me one game that you think everyone should be watching this weekend. You could go basic and you want to go Bills, Rams, whatever. It's a game that everyone should be watching. But give me one game and your reasoning why I think you think everyone should be watching it. And then uh, we're going to get into our week one predictions and wrap up this week's episode. Brett, we'll go with you. One game to watch that you think you should have your eyes on this year. One game to watch that you should have your eyes on. Well, we obviously know we're going to be watching the Packer game. You obviously know you should be watching week one, the opener, Thursday. Forget about those. The one game that I'm focused on is the rematch from last year's opening game, and that's the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love me some Tom Brady. I love some Cowboy fans getting loud. You know, we got the big party at the at the Cowboy house this Sunday. So it's going to be a good game. It's going to be the game that everyone has their eyes on. And I'm just really excited to see uh, Tom Brady get going, you know, 45 years old. Um, a lot of chatter on just how he's going to be. I expect him to be the same time he was last year, but I'm really excited for for Tom Brady, 45, man. Thomas, game to watch. I mean, I the fan of me wants a Vikings Packers. Uh, but that's a I'm, given. That's a given. We're watching. I'm going to go Chiefs Cardinals. You know, I, I feel like that's a great game at 325 for a week one where, you know, you think both those teams ideally would start. <coughs> but I, anytime you got Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray going against each other, this game could be a shootout. So, I mean, I just feel like. This has got to be a must-watch game. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, it's just like – it doesn't get much better than that. Those are two of the top, like, three or five quarterbacks in, like, all of football. So, it's like you, you have to. I mean, it's just – it's going to be such an exciting game. And I'm excited to see Kyler Murray perform now that he's got that security and that big contract. Um, and I and he's got his best friend with him, Marcus Brown. That's been his best friend going all the way back to college. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see that, and it'll be exciting to see Patrick Mahomes without Tyree Kill. So yeah, I'm very excited for this matchup. Give me Dolphins Patriots. It's an AFC East matchup between two quarterbacks who you know have promise in today's league, and it's pretty much I think 
whoever shows they're the better team is probably going to be the six or the seven seed in the AFC in my eyes, I think. I think the Dolphins are a playoff team this year potentially. Oh, absolutely. So I'm excited to see. Like, are the, are the Patriots, you know, who they are last year or the Dolphins that much better? Like, they've shown and then they've improved in the offseason. I guess that's, you know, kind of like my big matchup. This has always been a good matchup going dating back years to the Tom Brady, you know, the Kenyon Drake, Miami Miracle, all that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this matchup. It's a new era for both franchises, really. Um, obviously, Bill Belichick is still there, but it's now Mac Jones' team. You got um, Mike McDaniels coming into Miami. I'm interested to see how he handles a game against Bill Belichick, one of the, the, the greatest coach of all time. Like, it's just an exciting matchup, I think. Like, is Tua going to work out? He's got Tyreek now. Waddle going into year two, new offensive-minded head coach going up against Bill Belichick. Like, are the Dolphins the real deal? You know, are the Patriots still a playoff team like they were last year, kind of all playing out there? I don't think they are. I'm agreeing with you, Thomas. But I think it's just an exciting matchup that everyone should have their eyes on and maybe one that's kind of being swept under the rug as a good matchup. Um, So, yeah, that's my game to watch this weekend other than, you know, the Bears and the Niners that I will be tuning into along with Vikings and Packers probably. Let's get into our predictions tomorrow. Tomorrow night's game, Bills-Rams, who we got? Uh, You know, Fred, want to go? Yeah, Bills. I got the Bills. That's it. Go. I'll leave it plain and simple. Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. We're running, we're running through them defense. quick. We're running through them quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm also going Bills. I think the Rams are going to be a little limited on, on offense. I got I got Bills Mafia. I got a parlay going. I got Bills win tomorrow night. Bills win the division. Bills win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen wins the MVP. <laughs> I'm like Robert's winning that MVP. I'm sorry, bud. I'm full blown like Bills Mafia all over my face this year. Um, I've got to fully buy into them because I've always said, you know, I think the Bills can win the Super Bowl. Yeah, actually, I'll take them as my Super Bowl pick. No, I'm buying it all over my face. Bills Mafia, give me the Bills over the Rams. I got Eagles over the Lions, Thomas. I'm going Lions, dude. Dan, I'm going. That's my upset of the week. I think that Lions team, I'm kind of buying into them. I love the heart and soul. Dan Campbell, that team, man. And I'm still, I still have some question marks on Jalen Hurts as a franchise quarterback. I'm with you, but I'm going Eagles. Brett? Oh, I'm going Eagles. I think uh, this week one, you know, the offseason, um, Made a lot of people like the Lions just because of the hard knocks and seeing them. But I think we're really going to see a really good Eagles team. And after week one, um, I, I think they'll put the league on notice. I really do. Love it. I agree. Niners over Bears. Hopefully the Will G. Jinx plays out like it did last year. Brett, who you got? <laughs> Come on, man. We know who's taking that out, though. 49ers, we're taking them. Bears losing. Trey Lance, going to have a day. Oh, we'll see it. Thomas. Oh, I'm going Niners. This game could get ugly. That Bears defense is not good, and I don't think they're going to score much against that Niners defense. I won't be shocked if Lance has four tutties, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going oh, my God. God. This, that Bears defense was better last Flip. year, so it's like no. if it was last year, Flip. I got to go Lance. Kittle scoring two tutties. Clip. That's going to be clipped, and I'm highlighting that opening next week. I'm high, That's going to be opening clip next week's show. Four I'm touchdowns? I'm sure. Four, four touchdowns. Total, not passing. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I could rock with that. Four total? Yeah, we'll I think you can I might have to put that bet down, dude. We'll see. 
We'll see. Uh, Bengals over the Steelers for me. Who you guys got? Hmm, I'm going Bengals, but I do feel like this could be a trap game. To, but you know, I still got to go Bengals. You know, it's Super Bowl runner-up. You got to go Bengals. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Steelers here. Um, like Thomas said, it's the trap game. I I picked out the trap game last year. Put down my fifty dollar free bet on the Steelers against the Bills week one last year. Steelers pulled it out, so I'm gonna go with the Steelers again and it's have them upset the uh. Wait, Steelers beat the Bills last year? Yeah, week, week one. one they had a late block punt. Yeah, it was like plus plus two two hundred or plus two. Steelers are plus six and a half right now at home. I think is it or or is it in Cincy? Um, I don't know. I I, I money lined it though. I'll and. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm I definitely like going to sprinkle a little. I like the Steelers for sure. I mean, I, I, I do think they can win that game. I won't be shocked. I, I agree with Brad. I think it could be a trap game, but I'm rocking Bengals just to play it safe. Uh, you guys already know uh, my game of the week. I got I got Dolphins over Patriots. Oh, yeah. I'm going Dolphins. I mean, Patriots are without McDaniels. I think their offense is going to be lost. So, I got to go Dolphins here. Brett? I'm going with New England, man. And Bill B, I trust, and I think Mac Jones is the truth. All right. All right. Love to hear it. I'm going Panthers over Browns, upset, Baker Mayfield revenge game. I'm also going Panthers. Uh, you know, I just feel like Brissett's not really it. And, uh, you know, Baker is going to be on a mission, but I do think a healthy McCaffrey takes that offense to the middle, <coughs> and he'll show everyone why he's the best running back in football. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, Panthers, too. Defense is Browns will be ready, but it's just hard for me to um, pick them to win games just knowing that the whole team knows they don't have their starting quarterback and, um, you know, just rolling with a guy that doesn't have a real history of winning. So for that reason on, it's going to be tough for me to pick the Browns until Deshaun comes back. If it's in Cleveland, I'd probably pick them, but the fact that it's in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. they still have a great defense and a good run game, you know, but – Brissett right. did go seven and eight with Frank Reich in the Colts in 2019. I think Brissett can't win. Solid. For years, but I that think is, that is some years ago, though, man. I'd probably oh, still I agree. pick Carolina if Watson was starting. Even if Watson was playing, I'm still going Carolina. Oh, wow. I don't think Carolina's yeah. that good this year. Um, I'm going Colts over the Texans. I think that's a gimme. I think the Colts are the best team in their division. I think the Texans <laughs> are the worst team in their division. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Colts, but I would not be surprised. If, the, if this is just one of those games that the Texans somehow just win, because the Colts always, with Frank Wright, they just always play down to their competition. We saw it last year with Jacksonville. So we'll Thomas, see. Thomas, you put your nuts on the Colts. I know, that's what I'm saying. I think, he, I think he just did a little hedge there, you know, just said, hey, don't be surprised. But then also. I, wouldn't. I, I don't know if Matt Ryan's better than Carson Wentz. So I have a hard time believing that. So I, that's why I'm skeptical. But I, I'm going to play it safe and go with the Colts. But I'm just saying I would not be shocked. Like, I feel like the Texans got a better chance of beating the Colts than the Bears have of beating the Niners. You put the fucking Colts as your suicide pick this week. And I did. I'm, I'm risking it because I know what? I'm risking it. I see that somebody goes. He wants to get the I don't Colts play it the safe. Way. I don't play it safe. I see. We got a couple Saints in our league over the, the Falcons. I'm like, oh, wow. And the I suicide pool on the road? Huh? 
Oh, I, I think the Saints are going to blow the Falcons out. Oh, I do too, but I mean... They could be, the, they could be the surprise team in the NFC this year. Speaking oh, of the yeah, Saints... Oh, yeah, the defense is very good. I got Saints over Falcons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe in famous Jameis. And Michael too. Thomas is back, so... I agree. I got Ravens over Jets. We all agree there. Can we just say yes? I don't know, man. Nah, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm going Ravens. You know, I think it's a Rashad Bateman breakout game. Okay. Be money. Flock Nation. Flock Nation. Uh, I got the Commanders over the Jaguars. Carson Wentz gets revenge on his old coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Commanders are a really good team, and I think Wentz is in a great situation. The Jaguars, they just don't have enough on defense yet. So I'm going to go Commanders. You know, maybe Gibson will score a tutty or two. Give me Riverboat, Ron. Love to hear it. Chico, you want Chico? He's got Chico. All right, I got Packers over Vikings. I'm going Vikings. You know, this is a whole new team, whole new offensive philosophy. And, you know, I just feel like Green Bay lost a lot. There's too much change on offense. And this is a week one game that I think Vikings really just sneak out and win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Vikings are at home. Vikings always play them tough at home. Right. Yeah, you know, for obvious reasons – I'm going Packers here. You know, that's my team. I always think they're going to win. I got them 17 to 0 every season. But, um, you know, like Thomas was saying about uh, the Houston and Colts game or whatever, he won't be surprised. This is my kind of I won't be surprised game because, like, if we're being honest here, like, it's, you know, it's week one. Green Bay, we don't – or we didn't play the starters again. And Green Bay suffered a really bad blowout loss last year in week one. And it really ultimately meant nothing. So, you know, don't be surprised if, if they, if, if the Vikings, you know, get a little lucky, but I'm going with Green Bay, man. And I, I think, uh, I think, I think we won't, I think uh, anyone watching that game is going to be really surprised with um, the receiving ro- receiver room with Green Bay. Cousins right. always played him tough. You know, he's 3-3-1 three, three, and one against them. That's my only reason I, I think they could win. Well, hey, so this, is, this is my thing that, I, that we talked about, you know. Cousins is 3-3-1 three, three, and one against them, but Zimmer, he's, he's pretty close around there too, you know. His record's about the same. Well, last time his defense week one got – killed against Green Bay. Remember that from two years ago? It was horrible. That was that game was the end of the Mike Zimmer era. Oh yeah, right. Two game years. one. I mean Adam scores three tutties. Like it was it was horrible. It's a great fantasy week though. Great fantasy week. Yeah. All right, I got Titans over the Giants. Yeah, I'm going Titans. You know, Giants are just gonna they there's not much there. It's going to be a long day for that Giants offense. It's going to be a long year for that Giants team. Brett, you see an upset or what? No, I'm going Titans here. And um, little spoiler, that, that might be my suicide pool pick. Haven't quite decided yet, but uh, going Titans. All right, all right. I like it. I think you won't be the first one. I think you will. You will be the first. We got a lot of teams this week, Brett. A lot of teams picked. Last year there was a couple of gimmies, but there's a lot of teams this week. All right, I'm going uh, Chargers over the Raiders. Uh, I got the Chargers winning the division. 
got the Raiders finishing last in the division, but I think it's still going to be a great game. What do we think? Going Chargers. You know, I'm not I'm not buying that Raiders hype. I feel like they're they're still the same old team. You know, Chargers, I think, take that next step, and I think they'll be this year's Bengals. I'm going. This is a tough one, man. It is. I really hope to see a replay of the last game of the year. Last year. That yep. was awesome. But um, let's go with the Raiders, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Chiefs over Cardinals. Bold prediction. Cardinals start 0-3 this year but still make the playoffs. I got Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, Cardinals, 100%. I feel like Cardinals are definitely going to win this game. You know, there's there's a lot of change with the Chiefs. You know, Tyreek Hill is such a big loss. And I feel, I feel like Kyler Murray felt so disrespected this offseason that he's going to feel on a mission, you know, and, and he's they're going to want to make a statement week one. And they're at home, you know. Week one teams typically pull off the win at home. So I'm going Cardinals. I just don't know how this isn't the Sunday night game. I don't know how the Bucks Cowboys game is Sunday night over. The Cowboys. Just because. Hey, um, I got a bold prediction for the Cardinals as well. I'm going to sprinkle it in here while uh, Will did his. Kyler Murray is going to be um, the new modern day Russell Wilson. Um, just like how he was last year. He's going to be leading in MVP votes for the first eight weeks of the season. And then he's going to fall off. Just like so the Cardinals prediction. have like done. Like don't forget season. it. He did it last season. I won't be surprised if it happens again. Cardinals have done that the last two years. They've been so good in the beginning of the season, and then they just fall off and collapse towards the end of the year. They even I, did that when they had B.A. too, man. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, just a Cardinal thing. It might just be a Cardinal thing. It might just be. All right, I got Bucks over Cowboys. I mean, come on. Tom fucking Brady's going to hang his nuts on McCarthy on Sunday night. I'm going Bucks, but I think the games will be closer than people think. You know, Brady's got a lot of shit going on with Giselle leaving him and stuff, so what? that could be on his mind. Yeah, didn't hear about that. No, there's it's not a divorce, but she like she needed like a break from him because of the whole football stuff. That's why he took that absence because he's he's been taking care of the kids at home. Like she's in like Costa Rica or something, from what I read. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, so she wanted his ass to really retire. And she's yeah, and apparently back. she, the whole household, like she was, she went off. Like she was just so pissed that he decided to unretire, you know, because he promised that he would finally like be a dad and, you know, be at home, help out more. And yeah, so, I mean, I do feel like that's why his mind, like his whole like mindset heading into the game, he might not be all in there. So we'll see. Like, that's why I just think it's a little sneaky that Cowboys could pull off the win. You know, oh, is, God, okay. is Godwin playing? I don't know. I haven't heard that yet either. All right. Uh, yeah, but I still got Brady in the Bucks. Uh, be money, you rocking with Bucks or what? When the fuck did you get that? I've never seen you wear that. Give me the Bucks, man. I've never seen you wear that. When did you Not get that? Not even playing. I got this. Uh, I traded it. For what? I traded a Des Bryant jersey for it. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's smart. Des is a bum. Damn. But it's a nice Des jersey, though. It's cool. I mean, he's a cowboy legend. The 8-8s, they look cool, you know? The 8-8s look really cool. All right. Monday night game. I don't know why this is prime time. It's obviously there's one reason. It's Russell Wilson going back to Seattle in week fucking one. So, which is crazy to me. Like, 
he's not going to have to play these guys for another four years. And of course, the year he gets retired or the year that he tra- gets traded over there, week one, Monday night, bam. Love to see it. I mean, it's going to be an ass beating, guys. I got Broncos, spank them. Whatever the spread is, take the Broncos. I think they're minus eight. Shit, take it. Put a grand on it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I got the Broncos. I got the Broncos. Like, I feel like everyone thinks the Broncos are going to beat their ass to where this is a game where you take Seattle with the points. Like, like you take Seattle, Seattle with the points. It is in Seattle on Monday night. Loud. It's going to be loud. It's going to be bumping. Like, Seattle with the points, bro, because I feel like everyone's going to be betting Denver, you know? Like, let alone – everyone's going to be betting Denver spread, you know, not Denver money line because they're going to be so favored. No one's going to get any return on that. Everyone's going to be betting Denver spread. The play is Seahawks with the points because it doesn't – It no one's doing it. That's why it's the play. But Broncos are favored by six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah, watch – I bet – I watch. I I feel like that'd be great to take, like, for Broncos. I feel like come game time, that line's gonna be like seven and a half or eight. Didn't you yeah. say it was eight? Will? No, I I I I was guessing. Oh. I just checked. It was it was six. And, it's six. And that nine. shit's gonna move, dude. Watch, cause come Saturday, oh, dude, Sunday. Yeah, sun, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. people are gonna be hammering out the bets, and a majority of people are gonna be going Broncos heavily. I couldn't agree yeah. more. I'm going to go Broncos here simply just because Wilson is Wilson, but also uh, the game, you know, honestly, I could see Denver winning like 21 to like seven, you know, 21 to 10, where I don't know if it's going to be, they're going to put that much offensively because Wilson still, we haven't seen Wilson with that offense yet. So it may take a little bit to get them into rhythm. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's, I I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be Denver end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's. I think it's gonna be a good game. Uh maybe. That's gonna wrap up this week. Sorry, guys. Fucking work is calling me, and I'm like, shut the hell up. Got a podcast to finish here. That's gonna wrap it up. Everyone enjoy week one. It's gonna be a great fucking week. I'm so excited that football's back tomorrow night. Bills, Rams. Enjoy it. Week one. Enjoy your Sunday. I hope all your teams lose except for the Chicago Bears. I don't know who I'm rooting for. If the Bears win, I'm rooting for the Packers, probably. If the Bears lose, I'm rooting for the Vikings. And there's a whole little theory to that that I'll explain maybe somewhere down the road. Uh, Thomas likes Dome. Brett likes Dome. Peace, everyone.